0: Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success.
1: Hey, what's going on, travelers? It is Ricky Ventures and Marlon Madden, and we're back with you for another week. Yup, you guessed it, of the Success Journey Show. Marlon, what's going on, bro? How you doing today?
2: Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yes, sir. We're
1: fine. Love it, love it, man. I am sore today, man. I actually went out there and played some ball yesterday. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, man, yeah. it's the first time I've been out there in probably around eight months since my whole shoulder, you know, thing got me and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it felt good, man. One, two, lost two, and I walked away, you know, walking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, oh, all, that's all that mattered to me, man. Walked away walking, you know. They were like, oh, Yo, you're going to play another game? I said, nah, I'm just going to cut it. I'm just going to. Cut it while I'm, <laughs> while I'm ahead right now, man. When, when, not knowing that you're really slow. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, not not just, I, I know, I, man, you know what all the stuff that can happen, man. You just getting off an injury and you going out there, not re- really being active. And you go out there and your brain thinks that you're still there, but your body is just not there. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, had a, yeah, yeah. I had a few of those moments, but not as much. As before, when my when my when my left hand was just dead and I was out there trying to throw layups up, so yeah, it felt good, man. It felt real good. What about you, on your end, man? How's everything going,
2: man? Of course, you know I'm in this course, and I'm a older I joined the Marine Corps, older man, so you know, trying to keep up with these young boys, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You know, these guys, these guys, these guys are 34, 35, some of them 32. And we're running four miles up some hills on Quico. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> I'm trying to hold the ear and put it in my body. These guys are just like, come
3: on man, we got this. <laughs>
2: you know i'm 41 here like oh my goodness i'm a, you know i'm a, am an old man in a young man's game but you know oh, enough, um, the the good thing about the marine corps that family aspect that they 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 pump you up and they tell you to you know come along they're going to let you know at the end they're going to talk about you
3: yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah yeah <laughs> like
2: imagine hey, uh, we almost had to tie a string on uh, a rope on you and tie it up to me to keep you in the You know what I'm saying? They might yeah. say stuff like that, but um <laughs> <laughs> But they ain't gonna leave me behind though. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's it. No, ne- no man left behind.
2: No uh, man left behind, Rube, yeah,
1: Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> well, Marlon, man, why don't you do the honors, man, to share with our travelers just a couple things that they can do and, and where they can catch the podcast?
3: Hey,
2: travelers, listen, we're happy and we're you know, so appreciative of you guys just showing us some love always on the on our on our Instagram, the Success Journey Show, um, and also on Facebook you catch us the Success Journey Show on Twitter it is success underscore show, and on YouTube is the Success Journey Show. Our email is the Success Journey Podcast at gmail.com. and our website is the Success Journey Show. If you have not caught the theme of everything yet. we keep it real simple the success journey show and you guys can catch our podcast on any platform apple spotify breaker we're also on 21 the net which which is an internet radio show we're on iheart we're on a plethora of stations so you guys just check us out send us some reviews that's where we really want you guys we want to make some money is you guys send us the reviews because the reviews will help us steer our ship Understanding what you're looking for, what your likes and dislikes are, and so we could take the show and make it um, suitable to your liking. Because that's what we're here for. We're here for an interactive show where you guys can give us some feedback, tell us what you like, who you'd like to hear again, what kind of information you'd like, and we can facilitate
1: that need. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we're going <laughs> to jump right into it today. We have another great guest with us, and our great guest today is none other than Antonio Alicia. We're going to call him Tony, though. It goes by Tony. So, Tony, I want to thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's, it's truly an honor.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> honor is ours, man. Hey, why don't you share just a little bit about yourself?
0: All right, yeah. Um, when I was, uh, I was born in New York, but raised in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and uh, went to a technical high school where I got my uh, degree in barbering, cosmetology, and hairdressing. And uh, while I was in high school, uh, I worked at a barbershop. And so I would leave school at like 2 o'clock and then head right to the barbershop and work there at about 11. And then get up and do it all over again every day just to make sure I was paying all my bills. Uh, Because I got an apartment when I was really young. And then I had a good friend came back from the Marines and showed up to the barbershop one day to get a haircut. And it's just blues. And I was like, whoa. Like, what is this? You join the army? He's like, no. <laughs> he was like, no, I'm in the Marines. I was like, okay, I didn't know anything about the Marines. So, after having a conversation with him and just kind of my spontaneous personality, I was like, you know what? All right, I'll talk to the recruiter because he's trying to get me to join as well. So, I spoke to a recruiter and I said, well, I never thought about joining the military like this. You know, if anything, it was going to be the Air Force, but if you can let, if you can get me out of here in a week, I'll go. Like it's gotta be now I'm not doing it because I was doing pretty good as a shop as a barber. Um, and, uh, I'll get back to that a little bit later, but they end up doing what they needed to do like the Marines do. And they got me gone in a week. Mm. And, and I, I went in on a Monday and the following Monday I was gone. Put mm, old recruiter man. Yeah, he he did his job. <laughs> uh, and so then I, I uh, while I was in the Marine Corps I did two, uh, two, two enlistments, uh, and then I I decided to um I decided to I was either going to stay in the in the Marine Corps enlisted or I was going to go and become an officer. So I put in for MESAP and if I didn't get selected for MESAP, I was getting out because I wanted to do other things in my life. And uh, then I. Uh, I got selected for MESEP, and I got the opportunity to go to college full time, and then become a medical officer. And then after I fulfilled that, I was like, okay, I really want to get to doing what it is that I want to do in my life, as far as being a business owner. And I mean, I don't know, I can keep going on and on. It's just a long rabbit. No, 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 no. no, we no love it's it.
1: good. Yeah, it's good. But explain yeah. real quick, MESEP, What what does Mecep stand yeah, for? To yeah. Them.
0: All right. So Mesap is uh, basically a program that the Marine Corps offers where an enlisted Marine uh, can become a commissioned officer. And uh, once you put in a package, they review your package. And if you meet a certain level of criteria and, uh, and you pass a, a couple boards, they'll review your package and they'll either select you or they won't. All right. So it's a competitive program, but mm-hmm. it's um, it's there for the Marines that that have this quality of being becoming an officer.
1: Got you. Got and you. Uh, so, so
0: that's, that's what the program is. It's, it's a good program. Yeah, uh, Any Marines are listening to it, listen to this podcast, I would suggest uh, looking into it. It's definitely worth it. Hidden gem in the Marine Corps.
2: Yeah, it's called uh, the Marine Enlisted Commissioning Program. Not to cut you, just Marine yeah, Enlisted yeah, yeah. Commissioning Program, and it pays for it pays for your whole college. So they remove you from the Marine Corps, they send you to a college that's on the list or of your choice, Mm. you're living, you're, you're going to that college full time. You get paid as a Marine and you are eligible for um, competitive promotion. If you're eligible for promotion at that time and you're going to school and your sole job is to go to school. And then you go, you come back into the Marine Corps as an officer. You have to go to OCS of course, officer candidate school. And then you, 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 you fulfill your, your time. I think it's a six year fulfillment or 10 year.
0: No, it's, um, it's, it's a four-year commitment Four year commission- Four from, okay. from, the, yeah, from the day commissioning. Yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, but it's, uh, if you use your GI bill, uh, to pay for college, if not, you got to pay out of your own pocket, but you do get oh, okay. paid full time, you know, at your current rank.
3: Mm.
0: Um, so it's, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. Yeah, really and, good. and yeah, it's a, it's a really good deal. And you get the opportunity to, uh, to kind of remove yourself from that enlisted environment Mm-hmm. And You know, you get your education and then you start getting mentors that are officers and you work your way into the officer mentality and officer corps, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So so what did you take advantage of that program? What did you study?
0: So while while I was at, uh, you have to go to an NRTC uh, school that has an NRTC program on the list. Yep. So I went to the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm. Which is just and, like uh, uh, Ivy League school. I said, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's a pretty, it's pretty good school. Okay. Um, so I studied criminal justice uh, with a minor in psychology.
3: Hmm.
0: And uh, then the psychology just became, it would to continue doing psychology would add a lot more courses. And I was mm-hmm. very eager to continue to get back into the fleet. Uh, so I just uh, took all my political science courses and then I graduated.
1: Mm. got gotcha. you okay, so, okay. But nice
0: Well, but the great thing about if I can um, one of the great things about the program is that I actually I took advantage of the time that I had off as well and while I was in college I had my own construction company mm. uh, I grew up I, I grew up Uh, and my stepdaddy taught me a lot about construction and every summer every weekend I, I never had summer weekends off I would just work all the time with him constructing building houses, renovating houses. And it was just, at the time, sometimes I enjoyed it, sometimes I hated it. But I, was, but I never knew that that would play a vital part of my future. And, and I'll talk about that more later. But while I was in college, we started picking up little side jobs just to do things to make extra money. And, and I just enjoyed it. And then it, one thing led to another and I started acquiring so many tools. This van, uh, this big blue van and, and I and that's you where, still have I mean, it. I, mean, I still have this van. I know I see it shoot. on Instagram, man. Yeah, so this van's an 18-passenger van, and people laugh at it. They're like, "Hey, don't tint those windows." We were gonna think otherwise. I'm like, okay, okay, let's... <laughs> so I'm like, "No," and, and and that's kind of where my mentality and my journey to success kind of really changed. Like even at this kind of Ivy League university, I would drive that van to school. Mm. And I didn't care. I, I started losing this perception of caring what people thought about me. Because mm. while they were laughing, I was laughing too. Because this van was making me money, but their laughs weren't making them anything.
2: Yep, 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 yep. You yep, know? Yep. So I said, yep.
0: I don't care what they think. I was like, this is my blue van, and it makes me a lot of money. You know? And my first year, and starting that company, I made 30000 just on weekends. Ooh. And then the following year, while I was still in Mesa, I made 60000 little over 60,000. Mm. I, and I acquired two employees at the time. So, you know, I did all that. And, and people were like, how'd you find time? I was like, all right, I would wake up 4.30 in the morning, catch up on any study and I wasn't able to do. I would go schedule all my classes to be early in the morning. And then after lunch, I would have no classes. So I would go, knock out my jobs in the afternoons at needed more time that I couldn't do on the weekends and then yeah. I'll come back at night time eat some dinner and then I'll study till like midnight and I'll get up mm. and do it again mm-hmm. but everything Man. everything led to the to it to a you know to the next step so when I was a drill instructor when I was enlisted in a Marine I was a drill instructor on Paris Island and so I, I got accustomed to working off of just four hours of sleep Correct. and that kind Correct. of led me to this to this discipline that I have where I could just as long as I can get at least four hours of sleep or around that, I'm good and I can function well for the next day. And that's really what continued throughout my time in college because uh, I went from Paris Island as a drill instructor straight to college.
2: Oh, so you did MESAP off of the island? Okay, that's yeah,
0: yeah did. Yeah, I did my three years on Paris Island as a drill instructor and then I went to become a,
2: uh, a what, what When were you down at Paris Island? What, years? Uh, what
0: years? I was there from 2009 uh, to 2012. What battalion were you? I was third
2: battalion in my company. Oh man, so you know Stucky and all them guys. Yep, yep, yeah, I do <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Stucky yeah. and old boy that um, Pierre. What's his name? Pierre, the guy that died in Paris Island. Not Paris. Island. yeah, yeah. Lejeune, yeah. yeah, my boy, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah He's yeah, in yeah. front of mine too, as well. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Worley. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Diablo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know all those names. <laughs> yeah.
3: I know all those guys. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh man, so, small yeah, Marine Corps.
0: A, yeah, so it's a small <laughs> Marine Corps. But it's just funny. Like I always think back about like where I'm at now. It's like all these little steps in my life and things that I've, you know, experienced and my path. Like somehow, some way, I was able to use all that and morph it into what it is that I'm doing now, which is great, you know. Mm. And it just it just continues. Yeah. So. Yeah. So would you would
2: you say that the First of all, what, what, were, what was your your occupational specialty, his jo- your job in the Marine Corps as a enlisted, and then when you transferred over to officer?
0: All right. So when I was enlisted, I was an uh, aviation. I was a eye-level aviation technician. Okay. And I worked on the um, F-18 multi layer circuitry. So um, you go to this school down in Pensacola, Florida, it's almost two years of education there. So they make you sign a five-year contract just to sign up. And the whole, you know, it's, I guess the pipeline is around a year and a half, to two years potentially uh, for high-level technicians. And then I so basically I worked on the command launch computer, some various parts inside of the F-18 uh, cockpit. Mm. So and I did enlisted Marine. And then uh, when I transferred over, you know, my desire was to go back into the air wing, but okay. um, I end up getting aviation supply. I mean, um, ground supply. Okay. So I became a ground supply officer. Okay. Yeah, basically logistics, you know.
2: Definitely. Oh, man. Now, I don't know, Rick, it, it, it's all, uh, I know Rick is hearing some of this stuff and he's like, you know he can, he can, he can, he can relate because you know talking to me, but he's like what? <laughs> 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 yeah, nah, I'm tracking. I, I got I got, I got yeah. the idea,
1: the overall he idea. Yeah,
2: yeah. But um, I wanna I wanna uh, dig into a little bit. Um, now you said you were while you were going to school, you were going to college full time. Now were you married or? Uh, no. I th- Okay. 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 I was about to say, man, your wife was a godsend if you're doing all that. Plus you had the family at home, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, I was, uh, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: because that, th- that just finding that time to do that stuff. Now, what prompted you, I know, I know you did it when you were younger, but was it your, what, do you just have that love for construction, um, real estate, or did something pull you back there that you just end up saying, hey, let me get this blue van, let me get old Betsy and start, uh, and well, start, <laughs> start doing yeah. some kind business?
0: No, well, yeah, I've always had a, a desire and, and passion for woodworking. Um, so whenever I could, I would always, you know, when I was a young Marine, I was always the guy that would help make the going away gifts and buildings. So I always had a desire for woodworking. And the blue van, that came, uh because I uh had a friend that was he was connected with acquiring things from the government and I ended up getting it from a uh a sale from the state of North Carolina and it was just a good deal. And it worked out well because the van I could store my tools and supplies and it wouldn't rain on it and it was large. It's a very large van. So uh, I guess my I guess I just kinda used what I learned because even even throughout my time in the Marine Corps, unless the Marine, I would cut hair too. Mm. You know, so I was always, that's a lot doing of money. Something. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I went to Iraq in 2007. I made almost $5,000 just cutting hair. Mm. You know, so yeah, I, was yeah, always, yeah. I, I was always doing, I'm always doing something to try to, to make money, you know, and then use that to try to flip that into something else. And I was always trying to grow something. I don't think it was for me. And I, I'm, Being dead honest about this, it was never really about the money. It's always about what I could do, like the like the pursuit of it, like the adventure of it. Like whenever I do a project, for someone, whatever it is, I'm kind of like sad at the end of it. So, oh man, this is done. You know, the whole the process is what I what I really enjoy. Correct. you know what, everything that I used all my past experience with my stepdad and then on the job. So there were a lot of times that I was like, some of the jobs I I would take, I'll probably end up making no money, sometimes losing money. Mm-hmm. I remember this one job I ended up paying for, I basically ended up paying for a lady to get her floor done because of how many hours it took me and, and the learning experience with a new product. So it was a lot of difficult times. I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't
1: even need to be doing
0: this, but I did. <laughs> I, did you know,
1: I did. I did. Oh, for man. the future, you know, I just didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what was so, it like, like actually setting up, like, not. I mean, you're not doing it for a hustle, you're not doing it for a side job, but you're actually for, you know, just like a, a business now, you know, it's like, it's different when you say, hey, you know, I, I was just doing it just to, on the weekends or whatever it may be, but now, when you're doing it, and it's like, nah, this is where I, I I make my living, um, or where I do, you know, most of my work. You know, h- how was that transition, and what are some things that you put in place now to, you know, start building building clientele and things of that nature?
0: Oh yeah, so I mean, basically, so what I'm doing now is completely completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there are some similarities in the sense that uh, I'm doing a lot of construction work with my guys, but it's not. Before, when I was at the Citadel and I had uh, my company, um, it was a client-based company. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do any soliciting for customers. It was all word of mouth. And it was just, I was always busy. Yeah, I literally could have been busy every day. It was just insane. So I didn't, I didn't do any advertisement. I didn't fight for customers. But now what I'm doing is a lot different. Um, so really, you know, I can kind of start where... where where this part of my life started. So okay. before coming to Charleston, I was in uh, Japan and my wife and I, we were, we were talking about this. and I, I've, I've always talked about wanting to do real estate full time um, because I purchased a house a long time ago on a short sale and I put a couple thousand dollars into it. And then when I sold it, I made like $99,000 on it. Mm. And, nice. and it was like, wow, this is great, you know. Man, and I, I was hope the IRS the back-
2: ain't listening, man. That's uh, I'm already counting. You made 30 60 and ninety nine. I, I hope <laughs> the IRS ain't listening.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: well, you know what? I, that was a that was my own residence, so I got to I don't have to pay any capital gains on that. Hey, I love hey, I love that you know your stuff. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, so, um, it was good. Yeah, yeah. So, um. While we're in Japan, um, a good friend of mine, uh, I don't know if you know him, Fabio Salas. You ever heard of him? No. He's there before us, but he, uh, he put me on to, he knew I was always into real estate and I wanted to, wanted to do something. He put me onto the show uh, and I started listening to his podcast. It's called Bigger Pockets. Oh
2: man, I love Bigger and, and, Pockets.
0: And Bigger Pockets is great for real estate, right? Um, and and, and so I listened to the show. I started listening. to it. I got addicted to it. Listen to every bigger, every every bigger podcast. Listen, start listening to it. And I said, you know what? We can do this. Because while I was in Japan, I felt very restricted. I was like, man, I feel like my life's on hold. I can't continue yep. doing something in America. And I said, no, there's got to be a way. So after I convinced my wife, she was on board. We ended up looking for a piece of property that we could do an Airbnb. Mm. and so you know my wife was a marine officer i'm a marine officer race right? so we in japan and what we can do so we we were while we we're in japan we purchased a piece of property we never even went to go see it we just relied on the photos and the real estate agent mm. and so while we got the property uh we we're like okay now we got to get this thing furnished like it was close on it with power of attorneys and it was a struggle but we end up closing on it and then we ended up getting um, my wife's best friend and my sister. They flew, or they drove to the property. They spent an entire weekend furnishing it for us and then putting locks and stuff like that on there. And then went back another weekend and put the uh, washer and dryer and stuff like that. And Basically, long story short, we ended up getting the property on the market uh, for Airbnb while we were in Japan. And I was like, okay, if we can do this from Japan, like you're not going to stop us. We're going to yep. do this, you know? So we got that property and started getting guests. And then we got a clean lady and all from Japan at two in the morning, calling back to the States to get, <laughs> you know, organizing things. It was crazy. Yeah. But uh, then from there, I started like, kind of like listening to bigger boxes more and more. And I was like, okay. So I want to dabble more in the market. So then we looked, we found a piece of land that we wanted to develop. And I started trying to, you know, just trying to see what I could do. And I tried to like come up with a way to syndicate this piece of land okay. to, to grow it. And it, it didn't end up, it didn't end up turning into anything, but it definitely was a learning experience. Uh, we acquired the land from from Japan. We acquired the land, did all the surveys, got all the architectural worked on all the engineering and we just haven't had a chance yet to start building it. But we did all that from Japan. I was like, okay, this is this is going to work. So at this point um, getting out of the Marine Corps uh, to do this full-time real estate investing and my desire was always to have passive income. Passive income, that's it. So how do I work on getting passive income? And at the time, I didn't have a lot of money because we already uh, spent a lot of money on the land and the Airbnb. And then um, we end up from Japan as well. We end up buying a four-unit apartment building in Ohio, hmm. uh, close to, where my, close to uh, where my wife lives. And uh, we're like, okay, we're kind of we're on our way now. You know, we've got five doors. We're working on something here something like we didn't truly know what our path was going to be but i was like okay we're we're going in the direction we need to go in at least got back to the states and uh first thing we did it was trying to trying to work on this piece of land and start building on it but i end up uh i end up getting into this partnership with a uh, an old friend of mine and um See, she's upset about it, so she starts going on, if you
2: hear that. Mm. <laughs> no, 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 she's
0: good. Uh, yeah, uh, so I get in this partnership, and um, we end up uh, finding a house in Charleston that we were going to basically flip. And we end up flipping the property, and we sold it, and we made a small profit. But I we learned a lot through this first flip. Mm. And um, it's, it's you know, choosing your partners wisely, right? And it's not that the guy was a bad person or anything. It's just, the thing is with partners, you got to make sure that you guys are all on the same page, that you understand what you're all bringing to the table and how those tools are going to be utilized. And we we didn't have a clear picture and a clear understanding of what we were all going to bring to the table and how we were going to utilize that. And it just, I went south really, really fast. Mm. And, um, but Are you guys still in the partnership? No, no, we're not in the partnership anymore. Um, and it, it just, you yeah, know, we're not in the partnership anymore, but we learned so much from this uh, experience and I gained so much as well. So as much as I lost, it cost me money to do that flip. You know, I think I lost when we, we sat down and did all the all the numbers almost $4,000. Mm. I basically lost to do that flip. Yeah. And at that time, I didn't have a job. This was my only... I got out of the Marine Corps to do this full-time. Um, and so I'm like, oh, man, this, this is not, it didn't work, this didn't work out. Wife's on your back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, my wife is on my back like crazy. I was not playing. And... So, I mean, all my hours, and, and so I always knew I wanted to work in Charleston, but my wife was a serious commander on Paris Island, so okay. she had a, she had a year left before she could get out. So I would drive to Charleston every day, sometimes an hour and 15, depending on wow. what I'm going to Charleston, an hour and 45 minutes. So an hour and 45 there, an hour and 45 back every day. Mm. So waking up super early, leaving super late to get things done. And a lot of wear and tear on vehicles, my body, and, and tools, and everything. But you know, the best thing about this thing there's always a silver lining. The best, thing, you know, this, this first project, it just got it got the wheels rolling, you know. And I end up coming in, I end up meeting this guy off of Bigger Pockets, and he ended up helping to fund that deal. And him and I are still partners to this day, and the growth that we've had together. And, and our connection and how we understand business together is worked really well. And, in next month we'll be Mark, will mark one year of me doing this full time. And in December, it'll mark one year for me knowing him. And currently we have 21 doors now mm. uh, through that. Partnership. Beautiful.
3: Beautiful.
0: So, yeah. So, so, you know, meeting him and him understanding what, what I bring to the table and me understand what he brings to the table and, Uh, We're not always we don't always agree with each other, but we weren't friends at the beginning. We were business partners, yeah. And then we became friends, which is really good, I think, because we always go back to the business. Like business is business. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and then since then, you know, we've we've flipped property and done some big projects, and and we're just growing now. We've got um, we have five employees. Um, and just things are better and they're not necessarily easy it's just like it's like we went from flipping one house to another house to our third house and now we're flipping three houses the time.
3: Mm.
1: Thank you for listening to The Success Journey Show Please follow us on our social media on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at The Success Journey Show Also check out our website at thesuccessjourneyshow.com Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show
2: I met you through a, a mutual friend, and I went on your webs on your Instagram. And I'm telling you, you turn you turn a, a ugly duckling into the prettiest duck I've ever. You know what I'm saying? You, you, your your work is amazing. I'm telling you.
0: It, yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank
2: you. Yeah, your work is amazing. Um, now when when you and this might turn into a real estate show right now for the people that's listening because I feel like somebody needs to hear this because because there's a lot of people. What I like so far. Is that or what I love so far is that you're talking about how you were in Japan and you started off in you, you started off in Japan um back in back in the States. So you have people that are in the States and they're like, I can't find deals, but you're finding deals all the way from there. So I want that that myth is dispelled by ju- just what you did right there, right? And then yeah. now I, I want you to walk us through what you look for when you see a property and um, Basically, walk us through one of your deals. One of your deals, you know, um, one one of your deals from the ground from the ground up.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, So basically, like my, a lot of people have their own way of looking at deals, and what what I do is um, I like to look at what the area, what the ARV could be potentially in that area. Yeah. And then, you know, because of my construction experience, I can calculate. Not exactly, because you're always it's always over. But I can calculate to a certain degree how much it's going to cost to rehabilitate these properties. Yeah. And then so then I take that. Let's just you know simple numbers, right? Let's say hundred thousand dollars that the ARV is, and ARV is after repair value. Yep. Um, let's say the ARV is hundred thousand dollars. Let's say that the renovation. These are very simple numbers, and you you won't typically find this. You can't find this in Charleston, but just yeah. just for simplistic. Reasons, right? Hundred thousand ARV, and then I go in there and I look at it. I say, like, Oh man, this is potentially going to cost us about thirty thousand in renovation, you know, considering materials and labor. Now, me, I serve as my own general contractor, so I don't have to pay someone in between me to get this work done. I just pay my guys. And we just get work done that way, right? Correct. So thirty. So thirty thousand. I'm down to seventy, right? Yeah. And if, if then I've got to think about my potential the amount of time it's going to take us to do the project. Okay. Two months, I look at my profit margin. And we need to make, to, to sustain ourselves and the future growth, we need to make about this much, this much money, right? Let's just say 20,000. Okay. So now I'm down to 50. So then at that 50,000, I've got to figure out what I'm going to offer them to buy that piece of property. Okay. And even if it's even feasible. And sometimes... What people want for their property is way too much. You're just not, and that's why it's really difficult. And I and I think this what I what I really look for in a deal is something that requires everything. Like it requires plumbing, electricity, windows, roof, everything. Because at that point, there's it really reduces the amount of guessing. Yeah. You know, you don't have to sit here and guess. Well, I'm going to keep the electricity and find out. Oh, you got to change it. No. So if we run our numbers based on much, everything. Yeah, repairing everything, and it puts you in a different category of um, appraisal.
1: Correct.
0: If you do a re- if you do a rehab for a property and you just do a lipstick rehab, there's these classifications uh, for uh, appraisers, and they classify properties under these codes C1 through C5. C1 is a condition one property that's a it's a brand new construction, almost no ever lived in. C2 is a property that's been rehabilitated. Everything with utilities and mechanicals have been replaced, and basically everything has been done. Windows, roof, plumbing. Everything minus the shell of the body, of the home, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every floor has been replaced, every trim, paint, all that. And then C3 is kind of like a lipstick. C- C4, nothing's been done to it. So, C3, maybe you had an addition, but nothing else was touched in the home. C4, nothing. And C5 is just like, tears this thing down. Yeah. So, we really like to try to get properties that we can put into a C2 category because okay. then we're, then we're, at, can, can play at a top, at a different market. Yes, yes,
3: yes, yes, yes. Hmm. So
0: and, and, and go ahead.
2: Good. Um, so now when you, when you, when you purchase that piece of property, you're um, so running off the numbers, you back plan um, and you say, Hey, yep. Your, your ARV is going to be a hundred thousand. You have 50,000 to play with. They offer you just for simplistic um, some reasons. Just like you're saying you offer 20, they take 20. Now you go into that with all cash or do you, are you doing loans or how are you doing that?
0: Well, a lot of, a lot of what I've been, doing has been funded through other investors that have helped us grow. And okay. so they'll help they'll invest in, in a particular project and they'll get a percentage, particular percentage back
3: mm-hmm.
2: on the project. Yeah. And and how do you determine how that person how much percentage is to, to to that person so say you needed 30,000 to fix it up you are they offered you offered 20,000 so that's 50,000 all right you're going to probably need an extra 5,000 just in case you open something and it's not the way you think or you have to knock out a wall or whatever you're saying it's just like you know that buffer yeah you say 35,000 so 55,000 um the profit is 45,000 probably after closing and everything you're going to Probably pick up forty, um, a little bit lower than forty. What, what, what percentage? How does that person percentage? Is it by the amount of money that they put in initially, or how does that work for you?
0: Um, I think like all the deals that we've done, everybody's rate has been different. Okay. Uh, just depending how much money they put into it, but typically, it we're going off a of st- off of the industry standard right now. We're somewhere between. It really depends. Uh, it's not set aside for everybody, but you can interest depends on on the property and what they're investing in, but somewhere between ten to fifteen percent.
3: Yeah.
0: On their money, annualized.
3: Yeah.
2: And, so, and you're and you're guaranteeing this person a flip in what time frame or or how, how are you how are you presenting this deal to this person? I'm, you know, and I'm doing this for so, people listening because there's a lot of people that don't have money. And they feel that they can't do real estate because they don't have money. When that's just not the case. You know yeah, so, I mean, cause,
0: yeah, because you need, yeah, right. In, in order to do it, you need about three things, right? So you need money, you need uh, the know-how, and I see you know, really, how I started with these bigger projects, I'm boots on the ground. I'm going to get the project completed and make sure things flow. And uh, so, I'm sorry, I kind of forgot what, basically what your question was. Yeah. Um, so, um. The the the.
2: How do you present the package to that person? Yeah. The, the, so
0: basically. Person. Yeah. So basically. Yeah. That's, we show them what the ARV is, uh, how much money we're gonna need from them, and uh, what we plan on doing. And nothing's guaranteed, you know, because you can't just because we we say we because we're assuming to the best of our education with the area and our best of our knowledge. The, the ARV is 100,000, right? Yeah. But the market could crash tomorrow. It's just like anything. You
3: know? Correct.
0: So we can't guarantee anything, but these are, you know, this is what we tell them. Like, we're hoping. This is what we show them tangible data, like properties in the area that have sold for this amount of money. And, and then we just try to get the projects done as soon as possible. Um, Everything takes longer. And, and the way that we do things, if we have to rip up a floor, three times to get it right, we're going to do that. Okay. So that's it. We and um yeah, I don't think that and any are everybody's different, but I don't think that we've guaranteed anyone a certain amount of time. Um, uh, but for our larger projects, we have guaranteed a minimum okay. amount of return. Oh. Right. Okay. So we do guarantee and minimum so it kind of keeps you in the game as well. So you got more skin in the game. They're like, okay. Uh if they fate, like if we guarantee somebody a minimum of ten thousand and the profits were only ten thousand at the very end, then they would get that. We would get nothing.
3: Okay. Mm. So we,
0: we mm. put ourselves in a position where they know like we're pretty confident in what we're doing.
2: And is your exit strategy? You're going. You're just solely going off of um. A we have a real uh, real uh, real estate agent and that real estate agent is basically listed put on an MLS and sell it for you? Or do you have a, a niche that you actually put yourself in? Like you have a certain amount of, you have somebody that's already looking at this property while you're fixing it up or how do you do that?
0: Well, we've had people on all the projects we've done. We've had people stop by all the time and look at the projects. I'm just wondering what we're going to sell it for. This is not, but the, uh, the first house we did and we put on the market, we sold it in 12 um, um, hours. Next one, it was like 14 days on the market. So we really rely on the market, putting in the market. We, we do work with um, an agent, and my wife is actually taking the test soon to become an agent as well.
1: So mm, want to try to keep everything, nice. in least, keep nice. everything yep.
0: inside, inside of the company.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep,
2: that
0: <laughs> agent fee is a beast. Yeah. It's a beast. <laughs> 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 yeah, but, you know, we, we want to use that, those profits to help grow the company. Correct. Correct. About, correct, Yeah, it's not like, oh, we want to
1: keep all the money, but it's about using that money to continue growing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I yeah, love it. I think, yeah. And Marlon, Marlon has been um putting me more and more, exposing me a little bit more and more on the real estate game. And I am um, you know, um I got the green light from the wife to go ahead and let's just make it happen. And but I, I will say, you know, some of those initial thoughts, and I'm glad Marlon brought it up as to the first couple of questions, people say, Hey, you know, I don't have the money, you know, how can I get in? How can I do it? You know? Cause even, even on the, after they say, Hey, then to end nod of saying, Hey, let's go ahead and just get it done is more like, okay. You know, what do we use to do it? How much money are we going to be able to contribute to it? You know, how do we get started? Um, and it's just been that process of getting, getting in the game, you know? So,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, well, what I would say to that is like if anybody's listening, right, you know, for the real estate side or anything that you're doing, it's like, and I didn't understand this till most, probably till halfway through this year, but it's understanding your value. You might mm-hmm. not have the money, but mm-hmm. your time is equally as valuable as any dollar.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know?
0: So when people are like, oh, well, you didn't put no money else, I was like, I don't care if I don't put any money in this deal. My time and my energy, and intuition and, then, and abilities to make this thing happen is equally as valuable as any money that's being brought into any deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're, cause that, cause that's what gets it done as well.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, because, cause you're bringing that intellectual, when, I, when I'm listening to you and I'm gathering, um, you know, collecting my data on you, you're bringing the IP, the intellectual property, and you're also bringing that sweat equity because you know how to, Complete the deal in terms of knowing the the, the 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 construction side, and then you know how to do the flip. So you're bringing you're you're, you're bringing a two fold thing when a person could say, "Yeah, I'm bringing the money, but your money is not really the biggest portion of this deal." Yes, you're bringing the money. However, your money without me would just sit
0: there. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, and trust me, you need the money. You need need the money. You need the capital. You need the the capital. Need the capital. You need the capital. And uh, yeah, you do. But I mean, but it's not it shouldn't undermine uh, your value, right? Shouldn't you shouldn't consider yourself like, well, that's the they're the end all be all because of the money. No. That you as well. If as long as you're valuable, but if if you don't make yourself valuable, then you're not really worth nothing as well.
1: Yeah. You know, no good very good point. So very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Uh,
2: now, now, I hear, now you have 21 doors, right? And I hear. Yeah. And I know somebody's probably calculating. They're out there right now. They listen to the podcast. They probably paused it, took out their calculator, did 21 and said, okay, if he's getting $800 per door, this is what he's getting. Da, 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 da. Can you just walk them through the ups and downs of having tenants um, calls? Um, I don't know if you're a property management company or you do it yourself. Can you just walk them through some yeah. of those, some of those tour and the ups and downs, the ups and downs of that?
0: So the ups and downs really. So the, the difficult part is, is thinking that you could do everything on your own. Right. Um, like we have a property manager. That's, that's great because we've had tenants call I'm like, listen, there's water leaking in my house. This is I'm like, what is going on? And we just don't have the time between everything else that we're doing and looking for other deals and working on our current deals and things that are potentially going to unfold next year for us and things that we're doing, we just don't have the time. So we definitely manage our properties through a property manager and try to filter all that through him. So it's worth the percentage that we're giving him because uh, we just don't have the time. Correct. And, you know, uh, that's just the biggest, that, that, that is, I mean, Unless it's one of those things, it's like at the Airbnb, it really is a full-time job just to to manage an Airbnb. And so you really want to focus on what part of the business you want that's going to help you grow. And then kind of outsource those uh, parts of your business to other people that can help you grow as well. So our property manager handles a lot of those phone calls and asks us, hey, what do you want to do here? Do you want me to find someone to handle this, repair this, or do you guys want to do it? And if we can do it at a cheaper cost and we have some time, we'll do it. Um, If not, we'll just have him source someone to knock it out for us. Okay. So dealing with tenants can, so so that, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but our goal is to have over a thousand rent, a thousand doors.
2: Oh man, I'm with you.
0: That's my goal. We're at at 21. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're at 21 and we're going to get uh, to a thousand. That's And that's where it's taken this year to kind of focus on our business model. Mm -hmm. And basically what we've learned throughout this year is that we're basically going to contribute all our focus to building our business where it's hard to find multifamily properties that are are worth money. Yeah. So what we're really focusing on now is developing land to build our own rental properties. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a piece of land under the contract right now. Uh, that we're working on. And if this, uh, if this flourishes into what we think it will be, we potentially are going to be building uh, 52 doors. Wow. Uh, 52 doors, and those are all going to be rental properties. And
2: you're syndicating
0: uh, this? Well, kind of, yeah. So kind of, the, the, as of right now, we're still kind of working on the details, but basically we're hoping to sell off half of them Okay, and keep uh, 26 doors for us Mm
3: -hmm. and
0: hopefully the other half will pay off those 26 construction labor and acquisition costs Mm -hmm. and we'll have those properties outright owned outright. Nice. So That's what we're working on. So our model now is focused on like seriously has only, we're only focusing on a developing company that develops their own rental properties and basically like companies that offer stocks, we're going to be doing the same thing offering uh, parts of equity in our rentals. And that's how we're going to continue to grow the business. I love that
2: model. love it. I love that model. I love that model. Cause like yeah. you said, it's just like stocks, but you're giving people a higher return than the stock market will.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it's a more secure. You, you know, know, I don't like the stock market. You know, you can't really yep. control it. Real nope. estate. Someone that's always got a rent.
1: Yeah. 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 Always. So, so love it.
0: Yes, yeah, so That's to go. And, and, and um, so my business partner and I, we end up meeting uh, two other guys that are long-time Charlestonian type of guys. They have their own re- uh, restaurant businesses and catering businesses. Okay. And they've had a desire to get into developing and, and, and real estate as well. So basically, we all teamed up together, and we're now going to attack this larger, you know, journey that we've all have never journeyed through, but we're figuring it out. And it's, yeah. we're all bringing a certain level of experience and knowledge to the table that's going to help us grow and make this happen. So eventually we'll get to the point where we're doing mixed use property where you have commercial space underneath, residential yeah. uh, properties on top and, and grow. And then we'll yeah. just sell off a lot of our smaller properties and use that to get into bigger properties.
2: Man, you're taught, you, you, it's like you're playing the symphony in my ears, man. Oh, my <laughs> goodness.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's what we're doing. And and I, I'm hoping that the people that are listening don't think that this is easy. It's really not. It's super hard. And I'm not complaining. It's, it's been super hard, but it's so worth it to be able to look back and look at the things that you've built, that you've worked really hard for.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you were 14 years in the Marine Corps. so And, and to people listening, 14 years, six more yeah. years, he could have retired.
0: Get a yeah, so I of into, of life. yeah, I transitioned into the reserves. No. Um, my, my last year as a uh, active duty officer, I I kind of stood up for something that I believed in, no matter mm-hmm. what. And politically, people didn't like it, but it was the right yep. decision to make sure that equality was being... Uh, distributed around the board for everyone, mm-hmm. females and males. Yeah, and at that point, I realized. I said, "You know what? This is my time. This is my time to to get out and do my thing." Mm. Because it was getting too dangerous, and I just uh, I said, "I'm out," and I just I did it. I'm still in the reserves, so I still get to serve, and, and it's great. Uh, but. I don't view, like like I said, the last couple of years have really changed my perception of life. I don't view life the way normal people do, I think. And I don't want to insult anyone, but I don't view life like work 30 years, you get your retirement, then mm-hmm. you get to retire. Oh, I view babe. life as like, <laughs> like literally like a complete journey. Like everything yeah. just should be a journey. Like you're just doing it. Yeah. I don't mm. have a number set. I don't have a, it's nothing like that. I just go.
2: Man, you're playing the violin to me and Ricky's ears right now. Absolutely, man.
1: Absolutely. You, like you've been listening to our conversations, man. Tony you, you <laughs> tap,
3: you, you
2: tapped my
1: phone, oh, man. Just... You had my phone tapped. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> yeah, I you know. <laughs> so
0: But um, you know, I, I gotta say, like when I was younger, when I back to when I was a barber, you know, I was making almost somewhere between eight hundred to a thousand dollars a week at the age hmm. of sixteen and seventeen. But I never realized while I was doing that, I was just hustling. Yeah. I was just hustling, hustling, hustling. But I never realized that I was an entrepreneur. I didn't even know yeah, what an entrepreneur yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never heard the word, never nothing. I just was paying my I was paying my monthly rent at the barbershop to work there. I was working my own hours, making a ton of money. But I, the reason I'm bringing this up is that I don't have a mentor. If you're mm. young, if you're older, it doesn't matter your age, but latch to someone who's doing something higher than you. That you want to go yeah. and do because if I had a mentor, I don't even know where I would be right now because I have could have, you know, I got offered to buy that barbershop that I was working at like a couple months before I joined the Marine Corps. I got offered to they were going to sell that barbershop to me, and I was like, oh, I don't want to buy. I don't know what to do with this barbershop. Like, I've never been an owner of a business. What the heck? Had no idea <laughs> how dumb I was, you know. Which yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. And I had the money, you know. It's crazy. I had the money at the time too to buy it. I was making so much money; it's ridiculous. People thought I was selling drugs. <laughs> I, <wasn't. laughs> I was just, I was just cutting hair and making money and working like crazy hours. Mm. And at night time, it was kind of in. This was in the hood, but at night time when I was leaving the barbershop at eleven, I would make my last five customers wait. The barbershop with me, even if they got their haircut, they would have to wait all five, and that was the deal for the last five people. Oh, <laughs> so wow. yourself, to get robbed. And I had, yep. So I would I would take all my twenties except one or two and I will put it inside my sock on the bottom of my foot, inside of my Timbs. And then I would put all the fives and singles in my pocket so it would look like I had a lot of money still. Mm. Just in case I ever got robbed. Oh wow. Uh, but I still took all that sacrifice because I was like, this is you know, I was grinding, grinding. But if all that was refined with some type of mentorship. I would have been Man. able to invest in that barbershop and potentially own six to ten barbershops in the same city and grow in that business. And that's a, yeah, 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 a good yeah. To, you know what I mean? So yep. it's like, you know, a mentor is so important. And I use bigger pocket as a mentorship to understand people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, mm-hmm. I am make mistakes all the time. Yeah. Um, even with my experience. I mean, check this out. Even with my experience in construction, I put a hole in a $500 door. that was too big. <laughs> <laughs> like two weeks ago. And I was like, what the heck? You know, because I was so dead tired. I wasn't even thinking. And I put the wrong size hole in the store. And I end up, you know, my business partner's like, no, you'll you find a way to fix it. So we end up coming up with a solution. But, yeah, you know, you can always learn. You know, there's a lot Absolutely. of mistakes along the way. But just keep getting up. Keep moving. You like pain, uh-huh.
2: man, because you just did the marathon, too. I can tell you love pain.
0: Listen, I did the marathon with no training. My wife said, you oh, crazy. Oh, man. Uh, I ran 13 miles. And then at 13 miles, my muscles said, no, you're done. We're not doing this. And then there was no way I wasn't going to finish that and get that medal.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I, I mean, I, I already told too many people. It wasn't like <laughs> I was even going to do it. <laughs> so I had to power walk 13.2 miles. Oof. And that was terrible. Uh, but long story short, I still got the medal at the end, so oh, uh, man, made it happen.
3: Man. man. I guess I'm I too hard. I saw you, your wife
0: beat you, right? Yeah, my wife beat me. She's a <laughs> savage. She uh yeah, she uh, <laughs> she destroyed me. <laughs> 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 Four hours, fourteen minutes.
2: Oh wow. <laughs> I, did, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I I I saw I saw I saw the Instagram,
3: I was like, I'm gonna get him. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, she <so> destroyed <laughs> me. She went
0: and, uh after the run, she went and got a pedicure, got dessert, came back. I still was
1: running. She came back. I was
0: still running. Yeah, I was
1: she went and had dinner so, and everything.
0: Yeah, she had dinner. <laughs> she handled She answered yeah. a couple of emails. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so whenever you're yeah. done, honey, whenever you're done. Yeah. <laughs> nah, she's, I love like, it.
0: she's like I was going to wait for you at the finish line but it was just too much time I said no nah. <laughs> you're gonna fall asleep
1: <laughs> yeah right? oh man yeah. But Tony yeah. Tony listen man yeah. it, it has been a pleasure just talking with you and just hearing your story man it, it it's it's inspiring to me um, so I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna be selfish on this one. So I, I know, I know, I know it inspired other people out there, but I it definitely inspired it. me, man. And, uh, especially where I am in my life and what I'm trying to get done and things I'm uh, going to be doing. And, you know, we never had a conversation before, but to hear you come on and just really talk, like Marlon said, you know, just singing a, uh, what do you say? Song singing a song. What do you say, Marlon? Uh, no, no, a he, he, uh, symphony. Symphony. Yeah. Symphony to his ears, yeah. man. It definitely is. Uh, a good sound, man, just to hear other people out there that are pushing and moving and trying to create things in their life uh, to make things better. And, you know, we really appreciate you and your, your service. And, man, we just wish you and your family all the best. Is there could you could you would you mind sharing just your Instagram handle or any other uh, information you have so people can follow and see what you're doing?
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I appreciate having me on the show. It's it a complete honor. Um So Instagram, I'm trying to be active on that every day. Just give people an insight of what I'm doing. Um, It's um, Kingwood Capital. It's at Kingwood Capital. And it'll pop up um, a black and white logo. And I'm on there. Follow, like, comment, share. um, And also my email, personal email. Anybody that wants to just email me is on there as well. So it's Tony at... Kingwood Capital com. And I'm working out of the Charleston our business is out of Charleston, South Carolina. Um, it's a beautiful place. We love it. And so that's home.
1: Love it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Love it. Anything else, Marlon, you wanna add before we wrap it up?
2: Hey man, I just
1: I just wanna uh, me too, I just wanna thank uh Tony
2: for coming on because I've been watching on Instagram. I'm not even gonna lie. I I I I watch it like it's a show. I, I just let, let me see what he's doing th- today. Let me see it. And you're always doing something nice. And um, I just want to tell you, man, keep going. Because I know in that, especially when you're working for yourself and your money is c- creating for your family and everything it's it, it had this ups and down keep on going and keep on keep on playing the violin and the harp and everything you're doing in that symphony so other people can get that get hear it and and, and get contagious and start to build for themselves too
0: yeah i definitely will yeah i appreciate that Absolutely. seriously thank you so much yeah i appreciate the love you guys gave me it's, 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 it's definitely an honor your show is awesome and i um, i'm gonna share it as much as i can i want people to get on there and see what you guys are doing because all these other people that are doing great things as well. It's just awesome. I appreciate oh, hey, it, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you.
1: you, man. Yep. yep. With well, travelers, we come to the end of uh, another show. And if you want to hear more shows like this is go over to our website at the success com show.com uh, or on pod, any podcast platform, the success journey show. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Leave a review, leave a comment, uh, leave a like, Whatever it may be, we'd love to hear your feedback and how these shows are helping to change your life or a text message. You have a lot of you guys have our information. Just reach out to us. Let us know how we can uh, do things better, things that we want you want us to keep doing so that we could continue to offer this great content for you. Like I said, we're at the end of another show. and We really appreciate everyone for tuning in again for another week of the Success Journey show. We'll see you next week at the same time. All right, everyone, have a good one. Oh, one love. You've been listening
0: to The Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination.